Welcome, it's Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor is Adrian Lawrence, attorney at law, TYT contributor, author and host of Over, Overruled on Rebel HQ. Also, Portia Barry Kilby will be on the program. For the bullpen segment, my debate segment, we're going to discuss why the far right evangelical Christian fascination with Vladimir Putin should be an interesting debate. First story of the day, Google, according to the chief diversity person, is racist. Wow, let me give you some background to this. Um, April Curley, who's the former person in charge to make sure Google was actually diverse. April Curley was hired to recruit more black employees for Google. Curley says she was fired after she vocally opposed and called for reform of the barriers and double standards Google imposed on black employees and applicants. Let's show a picture, there she is, Miss Curley. In the lawsuit, Miss Curley filed Friday in federal court. In San Jose, California, she accuses Google of intentionally pigeonholing black employees into lower paying roles. After interviewers hazed black candidates and asked level inappropriate questions to hurt hiring prospects. These issues are known as systemic in the culture of the interviewing process. While they may not present themselves as racist, their outcome tends to impact one group over another, okay? Something that a person like her is trained to know. Google hires few black employees and steers those few into lower level roles, pays them less, denies them advancement and leadership roles because of their race. Curly seeks damages for discriminatory employment practices and policies. She seeks class action status for the suit to bring in black current and former Google employees. That's according to Mercury News. There's more. Black Google employees face a hostile work environment and suffer retaliation if they dare to challenge or oppose the company's discriminatory practices, Curly says in the lawsuit. Google has not responded to the suit, which comes after the company released its diversity report last year. So here are the numbers. Just 4.4% of his US workers were black with 3% in technology. More than half of the company is white and the remaining groups are Asian at 42%, Latinx 6.4%, Native American 0.8%. Black people make up 3% of Google's leadership position, while two thirds are white. 69% of black consumers are more likely to purchase from a brand whose advertising positively reflects their race and their ethnicity. But you know who told us that? Well, Google did. That was actually a survey done by Google and posted, published by Google. They are well aware that black people consume their product. Think about the masses, right? Okay, uh, this is nothing new. It is uh, ironic, however, 
that the individual who was in charge of making sure there was diversity and inclusion got fired for making sure there was diversity and inclusion. Here's the reality, when you hire somebody in those positions, you have to expect it. I'm talking to white corporate leaders in particular. You hire somebody in that position, you have to expect pushback. Because they are advocating a transformation of the DNA of your corporate culture. Argumentation will happen, pushback will happen, rebuttal will happen. That is what they're supposed to do. Their role is not simply to advocate for Google and say, damn, my actual position. They're supposed to advocate for the position and actually get you to a place of public responsibility, social responsibility. Well, that takes pressure. That does not come with honey, roses, and rainbows. That comes with hard conversation. Direct talk, people who are willing to say no to you when you would prefer, they say yes. That's how this works. And you respect them as the professional they are. If they understand dynamics of diversity and inclusion, especially as it relates to recruiting, you should listen. They are professional, you are not. You have proven one thing by hiring a diversity and inclusion executive. You don't know how to do it. Attorney, what are your thoughts on this case? I find what you said to be absolutely accurate. What we're facing here right now in society is a cultural shift, that shift toward inclusivity. And workplaces should be advancing that given that you are shown based on research irrefutable. The fact that you will make more money if you have a more diverse workforce, of course, because you have different ways of thinking under your roof and people with a diverse range of talents and skills. But the reality is that we also live in a society that still uplifts the white male cis hetero patriarchy. And tech has a long time been about white males and their dominance. And so the thought that you can possibly shift that and change it and create greater inclusivity, even if it means greater profits, is something that is often pushed back upon. So to see this individual file suit is so incredibly important in terms of revealing what is really going on behind the walls of these companies that claim to be diverse and claim to be uplifting various groups while taking our money readily yet not hiring us. And so it's incredibly important that she move forward with this lawsuit and that these companies actually make real institutional change because it's not happening, yet they're out here tap dancing and pretending that they are invested in it. Very well said, and I know people who are serving as diversity and inclusion directors, executives, and major companies throughout the country. And typically, Adrian, you know this, they don't sue. They see what's happening and they know they're, they are there to fight the discriminatory practices. And even if it doesn't work out, they typically do not sue. Maybe. They exit on good terms, but they do not sue, right? So this is a rare move for somebody in her position to actually sue the company she has left in the position that she once held, all right? Let's go ahead and put up his mug shot. Sheriff deputy, that's him, they call him Cody. Cody decided to take the sheriff's office credit card and start paying off his personal bills. Well, Cody is now in the same jail that he used to be an officer at. Let me give you some background, this is in Floyd County, Georgia. All right, Floyd County Sheriff's Office deputies behind bars after being charged with improperly using department funds to, uh, to pay personal bills. Now I want you to see that face, now keep that face up there. See that guy, Cody Waters, Sergeant, 24 years of age. 
ready to serve and to defund the police. You see, that guy is defunding the cops, okay? All right, uh, he's been charged with theft by taking financial transaction card fraud and violation of oath of office. Let me also give you some insight about his charges. They actually do plan to do something with him. I'm talking about the prosecutorial dynamic involved in his arrest. Here's how you know it, and I've been covering these stories for years now. Anytime a cop, typically nine times out of 10, when a police officer is charged with violation of oath of office, in addition to the other charges, they're serious about prosecuting. When you do not see that charge and a cop is charged with other things and you do not see violation of oath of office, that means there's a fix somewhere. They are trying to figure out a way to let them go. They are trying to give them a way out because violation of oath of office is such a broad charge. It almost guarantees there will be a conviction and that conviction, even if it's only the violation of oath of office, will mandate that person can never be hired as a cop again. So I want you to always peep that when you see the charge docket of a cop. According to the arrest warrant, Sergeant Waters had control over the Floyd County Sheriff's Office Drug Awareness and Education Fund for the children. And was the only person with access to the debit card associated with the account. The arrest warrant goes on to say that Sergeant Waters used the debit card to pay his Georgia power bill. Now in his defense, that damn Georgia power bill is serious in this state, <laughs> okay? Doesn't excuse what he's, what he's done here, right? The warrants don't clarify the amount of money taken from the account. That means it was probably a lot. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation conducted an investigation after the sheriff's office noticed some account irregularities during an audit, all right? Well, the sheriff of that county, the elected sheriff, he spoke out immediately, handled it, handled it quickly. He did not wait for an investigation, they locked his ass up. Here's the sheriff taking a picture with Shaquille O'Neal, that's the big homie Shaq. So the sheriff, his name is Dave Robertson. Floyd County Sheriff, elected guy. He said, and I quote, we are extremely disappointed that this occurred within our agency. However, these actions cannot and will not be tolerated by anyone that represents our agency. We hold and will continue to hold our employees to the highest standards. Our office will continue to be transparent and accountable to the citizens of Floyd County, Sheriff Robertson said. Our Sergeant Waters is currently being held in the Floyd County Jail. You gotta imagine those conversations. Now remember, he's a sergeant. He's a 24 year old sergeant. That means he's a supervising cop. He has command, he's a supervisor. So now he is literally in the same jail that he supervised other deputies at. This also speaks to another dynamic. If you're willing to be this criminal and this corrupt and this privileged, what other privileges have you taken in the context of corruption and criminality? Have you lied on the police report? I would assume you have. Have you manipulated data? I would assume you have. You definitely have the capacity in my opinion. So what is it here? There's a culture issue, he felt comfortable. And here's another dynamic, he's a government worker. Typically government workers do not get full access to a credit card. That's just 100, they stopped that a few years ago, but he does. Why? And it took them a while to figure this out. 
because the check and balance was not there available in real time. It took a minute, they had to look at the books and then do an audit. And then they found out what he actually did. Attorney thoughts here. No, it's funny. I thought you were gonna bring up like negligent hiring, the fact that they brought this guy <laughs> on. Like it's like this is a you issue. Come on. And it's interesting because we have these conversations about when there are officers on the force who abuse individuals, violate civil rights. You always think you knew this when you hired him, you knew this about them, or you didn't do your due diligence when you looked up his background or even just did a psychological exam. And here it just it really goes to the point of maybe you need to vet people a little bit better. Because not only does poor vetting of officers end up with losing public confidence, individual civil rights being violated, but also clearly your own rights being violated and you being hurt directly by their criminality. So hopefully this encourages that department to maybe do a little bit more before they slap someone with a badge and a gun. And gave him an actual supervising role. He was a whole what we call three stripes in the hood. This man was a sergeant, all right? That means he passed the sergeant's exam, which includes a psychological evaluation typically. Maybe he was able to bypass, the sheriffs have the authority to bypass those exams. Police chiefs do not. Imagine this, you are a store owner, you own a company. You call the police because of a robbery, right? You call the cops, cops get there, you're a black man and they decide to punch you in the face. Arrest you, take you to jail and make up a fake charge against you. Well, that's exactly what happened. Here's the video. This is Mr. Kevin Pins. Kevin Pins owns that liquor store. Mr. Pins has already called the police. police finally arrive. And when they get there, Mr. Kevin Pins, he has a gun and he's basically making sure the gun is safe. He's a store owner with the right to bear arms. He's explaining to the police, I'm the owner of the store, I called you. The police are talking except for that guy who decides to run in and punch the black man without understanding any context. The rest of the officers, instead of getting the cop off of him saying, hey, this is the owner. They decide to go ahead and just roll along with it. Mm. That actually happened a couple of years ago. This is now resurfacing because Kevin is suing them and he should be. So let's talk about this lawsuit and let's talk about the genesis of it. It took the public release of the surveillance video the suit says to cause the city to even pretend to investigate the matter. Initially, when he complained about this, they did not investigate according to his narrative and he was arrested. They took him to jail, they put him in handcuffs, they knew he was the owner, they took him to jail. Here's a steal of the officer who punched him in the face. That's officer Justin Rippin. Justin Rippin punched Mr. Kevin Penn the owner of Star Spirits and Beverages in Alabama. Yep, this happened in Alabama, okay? When the officers arrived, Penn explained he was the store owner, but he was still racially profiled, Rippin broke his jaw. Lawyers for Mr. Penn filed the suit on March 11th in US District Court against Officer Rippin 
and the city of Decatur, Alabama, alleging the incident was indicative of others involving officers using excessive force. Kevin Penn, 47 years of age, was armed to defend himself from the robber, was unloading his gun to make sure it was safe for everybody and explained to the police what he was doing and that he was in fact the owner. He explained it, he told him, okay? And if you remember from the video just now, the other officers were listening, except, except the one, except that one cop. That one cop comes flying in like he's Mighty Mouse and punches a guy in the face who did not deserve any of it. Why is it, in addition to the cop who did this ridiculous thing, why is it that the other cops did not intervene and say, hey, we were talking to him, he's not the suspect here. It didn't even change after all of them, including the guy who punched Mr. Kevin in the face. It did not stop them from still arresting the store owner. The suit also contends Penn's constitutional rights were violated. He was a victim of excessive force. Uh, false arrest, etc. All right, so I'll give you some background to this so you understand how it happened. Uh, the incident was already three months old when it became public after a surveillance video clip was released on social media according to the suit. This happened back March 15, 2020. Mr. Penn called the police after he detained a shoplifter and held him at gunpoint in his store. According to the suit, Penn removed the clip from the gun and put it on the counter when officers arrived. Actions that were confirmed by video. The officers, including Officer Rippin knew Penn was the store owner. When the officer shouted about the gun, he said he had put it down, then told him that he would file a complaint. It was then, the suit contends, that Rippin, the man you saw in the video, rushed past the two officers and punched Mr. Penn, the store owner, breaking his jaw, causing him to lose a tooth. Mr. Penn underwent several weeks of treatment, including having his mouth wired shut. His lawyer said at the time, Mr. Penn was later charged yeah, with obstructing government operations. That's what they charged him with, obstructing government operations. They had to do some research to find that charge, okay? The suit says it was well known in the Decatur legal community that Decatur, Alabama officers frequently use these charges, commonly referred to as POP charges, which means pee off police charges without a legal basis. Penn was later charged with obstructing government operations. As I said, according to the lawsuit, the city did not investigate the incident, nor was Rippin even reprimanded. The 27 year old officer was put on desk duty on June 8th, 2020, a day after the video footage of the punch was leaked to social media. So it took the public and it took people like you actually sharing the content before a level of justice was applied, just a level. We're talking about the very first level here. At least get this guy off the street, all right? The the chief of police then, let's put up his picture. His name is Nate Allen. Nate Allen was the chief of police. After this came out, Nate Allen retired without notice um, late January, okay? So he has retired, he's no longer there. At the time, when asked about the excessive force, Allen acknowledged most cases with armed suspects end in death, however, he simply offered, I would much rather have a punch than an officer involved shooting. Come back to me, here's the problem here, Chief. The brother who owned the liquor store was never a suspect. He was never a suspect, okay? He never threatened police officers with a gun. He never held a gun and said, 
I'm going to shoot anybody. He was putting the gun down. When he was punched, he was punched because he told the cops he was going to file a complaint and that one officer lost his cool. Let's put up a picture of Nate again, right? The former chief, once again, part of the problem, chief. This was a great opportunity for you to advocate for the common sense of your community, for the common sense of the business community, for the common sense of black folk in that local community, but you decided not to. Decatur Mayor Tab Bowling has since appointed Captain Todd Pinion as interim chief of police. Let's put up a picture. Look like a big happy family, don't they? Adrian, what are your thoughts on this case? This just seems to be very much a reflection of racism and how it operates, particularly when it comes to policing. What we had is a situation where a black man is the shop owner, is the victim, and is seeking actually to follow the law and to get police to a system which his tax dollars pay for. And police took such issue with the thought of this black man asserting himself, standing up for his rights, and making some kind of indicia that he would be reporting the officers. And so the officer figured that they'd put him in his place. It was very much a know your place punch followed by these completely illegal trumped up charges. And it's just a reminder about how racism runs amok in our society and how much the system is set up and established to support it and enable it. And so I'm really glad that this man is filing suit. I'm glad that this video is out here. And I hope that this department actually does something because you know, as a tax paying citizen myself, I'm tired of seeing individuals like myself have to contribute to the delinquency of these officers by paying out settlements. Very well said, and this is what we call systemic, right Adrian? Because at every level, the systemic operation failed him. He tried to file a complaint, he then tried to tell them launch an internal investigation. He then said, well, this police officer should be held accountable. None of those things work. So more than just those three cops were aware of what happened. They had surveillance video, the police knew about the surveillance video. Nothing happened until that surveillance video went, went viral and then, his attorney later filed a federal suit. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable. Glad to have you join us. Let me read some of these comments. Before I get to the comments, I must remind everyone of a few things. All right, don't forget, watch the watch list. Amazing show, the big homie J.R. Jackson. Go to tyt.com forward slash watchlist tyt to follow, subscribe, and support the show. That's live every weekday, all right? 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Find out the stories that you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more, all right? Um, deep dive with Jordan Yule, big tattoo reveal, all right? That's happening right after Indisputable. You help Jordan raise money. For the Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation. And as a result, he is getting the un American piece of ish tattoo like he promised. Watch for the big reveal of his tattoo today on Indisputable, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. That's a Twitch exclusive, twitch.tv forward slash TYT. Uh, don't forget about the podcast, Indisputable is on podcast as well. You can take us anywhere you go, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, 
we're everywhere, all right? So make sure you do that search for Indisputable with Dr. Sean Richard. Click follow, rate us five stars, some lame gave me one, all right? Okay, TYT member Lynn says, I wonder if I Google racist companies, if Google would pop up. Nope, I tried it. Uh, Mika C, the silver hair dragon, look at the action of the other cop on the left of the one who punched. Even before the punch, the other cop was moving in to put handcuffs on the owner. Let's not let him off the hook either. Both were guilty, good catch. Larry Billups, no job would mean that much to me going into an environment like that. Just to keep it, I would be giving them what they give. Yeah, uh, Oh yeah, okay, that's funny. Uh, D's nuts. Says, I'm from Decatur, Alabama. <laughs> I'm from Decatur, Alabama, and this is completely the culture there. And the reason I moved away, well, good for you. Um, Love Big 41. So we can't even call the cops for help? Shaking my head. Um, L.S. Troy Black Dragon. I'm sorry if I jacked that up. Adrian is so smart and gorgeous, I think I have a girl crush. And then it's a bunch of pictures of Adrian. It's beautiful. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Jack Strax, Google, like politicians, will say one thing and do the exact opposite. Damn right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Okay, things about to go to a whole different level. Now, before I show you the next part of this clip, I have to say this. I would not have done it the way this person did it. But at this point, she is posing a danger to everybody on that bus. Here's what happened next. Now, the way she was kicking around that one leg, I think she's okay. I think she may have been overacting just a little bit. All right, we try to stop these things from happening. That's why we cover Karens of the world to provide a mirror, reflection, correction, all of that good stuff. We're giving guidance 
to potential Karens and to those who are already engaging in Karenicity. If they listen to indisputable, these things would not happen. Now I do hope the lady is okay, All right? She was on the wrong bus. She got on the wrong bus and she would have had to wait until the bus actually stopped in order to get on another bus. That's how it works when you're on the wrong bus. But I wanna ask a legal mind about this. So Adrian, attorney at law, I would call this in the defense of others. Would that be problematic here? I know, I think you could make an argument as long as she is up in the bus driver's face and the bus driver has a realistic fear that she is put in physical danger. To have someone who defends her and gets that woman away from her would suffice under a defense of others defense. And also it seemed clear that the gentleman didn't go too far as in he got her away from the bus driver and he didn't pummel her, stomp out, stomp her out with his Nikes, like it wasn't that at all. It was what was necessary to get that person out of her face. So I think the argument without a doubt could be made. All right, I got something for everybody. Double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I said something that's an African-American man threatening my life. I'm sorry, refund my mail. You wanna to talk to your boss? No, you wanna to talk to her, you're for her call me. And what was you? I told her. You have a nice day. Call the cops. Call the cops. And you think I won't? Y'all, all you think this is acceptable? Huh? You f. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? You can call it as much as you want to call it. You can't call me that. He's a f. 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 You can suck a You can suck a You can suck a You can suck a Call me on TikTok. I bet you I'll be the You can suck I bet you I'll be the You can suck a Look at what you're acting like. You You ain't getting Grandmammy got it, bitch. You fat ass. Fat ass. Your chicken, your chicken getting cold, fat boy. Your chicken getting cold. Your chicken getting cold. I co sound on everything that employee said. Now, let me say this to you. He said that, you know, if she puts this on TikTok, he was going to do something physically harmful to the young lady. So, not only am I putting this on TikTok, I'm putting it on YouTube, Facebook, Watch, Samsung TV, Pluto. We're going to have this on Xfinity Flex and a few others, all right? So. We'll see what kind of energy he has after this goes viral again. Uh, the person involved has not been identified. Let's put up his picture while he was at the end of the N word going hard ER, all right? That's a steal of him going all the way hard ER on the N word. Disturbing video footage showing a suspected white supremacist violently threatening a fast food worker over an order dispute seemed to check all the boxes for a federal hate crime by way of a threatened lynching. In the N-word laced rant, the video filmed at the counter of a Popeye's restaurant was going viral on Sunday and left no doubt about how the white man who starred in the footage really feels about black people. The white man pointed at the camera and claimed the worker filming called him a C-word. When the older worker asked the white man 
why he was called that, his response immediately offered the missing context. The white man roared his response, I called her an effing N word after she called me a C word. When it becomes clear that no one cares about this white man's grievances, he threw an impressively racist privilege and entitled tantrum that would make a baby David Duke blush. Um, I don't believe anyone called him the C word first. I think that was his false pretext here. Um, I think he engaged in racist language and racist behavior first. Um, you N word, this is effing acceptable, huh? He growled at the camera, which remained firmly trained on him, according uh, recording the spectacle for the rest of the world to ridicule. For emphasis, in case it was unclear that he was racist, the white man widened his eyes leaned over the counter and yelled directly to the camera, you effing inward, extending the hard R sound in an apparent effort to prove his anti-black hatred. All right, well, um, Adrian, the back and forth aside, he engaged in a terroristic threat when he said he would lynch her, did he not? Yeah, it definitely seemed to be the case. So what are your thoughts about this case? Uh, do you think he has a case if he wanted to file um, some kind of criminal charge or would the Popeyes employees have a criminal case against him? Oh, I think it's more likely that the Popeyes employees would have some foundation for a criminal case. This individual, he just seems like he was, you know, that he's very comfortable using the N word and it's something that he frequently goes to. And his response in this manner, it just is definitely Karen like behavior, but it's hitting that level of threatening people's lives and putting people in fear for their lives. And I do hope that he has identified and that he suffers consequences, whether they be in the criminal justice system or just as it concerns individuals who interact with him in any way, even in an employment context, because individuals like this need to be exposed for who they are. They should have to hold their head high and say, yes, I am a racist or yes, I make threats against people and use racial backing to make them uncomfortable and fear for their lives. We should know who these people are so we can hold them accountable or even just change the way we interact by not interacting with them. Yeah, I want racist people to exist on an island, I want them to feel uncomfortable about exposing their racism to the world. I, I want them to live in the crevices of society where they belong. That's what I want for racist people. Um, risk reward did not work out. Not only uh, did he not get what he was complaining about, he has now gone viral for all of the wrong reasons and he is to blame. Okay, here's the thing, stop wanting people to be professional when you have decided to call them racist slurs. Stop it, all right? That's an insane, uh, that's an insane directive, all right? We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, all right, we got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments, I'm running a little tight on time. TYT member V says, New York doesn't want you to come. Stay where you are, Karen. Thank you, Joseph. I think this is, okay. Shantae, Pierre, Manning, Karen's on the bus go round and round. 
I see what you did there. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, I suppose Wrong Bus Carrie never got to New York, but she was all over the place. Yep. Yep. Uh, Chi Chi Massey says, damn shame letting that Popeyes get cold over the N word like that. <laughs> All right. A young lady, a young lady gets guns pulled on her, and the cops admitted they're looking for a man. She's a young black woman, they're looking for a black male, they pulled out guns on her. After they pulled out guns on her, they told her, well, just look at this like a, a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, you had to learn something here. What did you learn? Here's some of the video after they had pulled out guns. So this is a learning curve for you, putting guns to an innocent person back, that's a learning curve. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying, every, I said every call, there's something to learn. That's a learning curve. You put guns to my back. That's a learning curve for you. That's a learning curve. You put guns to my back. That's a learning curve. I could have died. And that's a learning curve for you. That's a learning curve. They put guns to my back. Okay. A learning. This is my life. And you want to talk about your education? This happened in Arlington. Arlington PD was the agency involved. This was a case, according to them, of mistaken identity. They went search for a male suspect, but instead pulled their guns out on the black female you saw there. Her name is Danielle Shanks. All right, Mr. Shanks, uh, Miss Shanks is the young woman recording. And here's more video. Why are you wiping the surveillance video? Ma'am, I can't elaborate on our investigation. Why are you wiping the surveillance video? Watch it. I just heard you say until you finish wiping the surveillance video. You miss her. Hey, the female that came out of 225 was running a. She's telling the truth, I believe. I think they were going to try to wipe the surveillance video. Remember, they pulled out the guns on the wrong person. If they pulled out their guns on the wrong person, why do they need to even review? their action that they know was at least unwarranted, if not unlawful. Why are they reviewing it? For what? They are the only ones who committed an act that was wrong here, okay? Um, so Miss Danielle posted the video, um, updated the video two days ago, provided some further context, here it is. So I was held at gunpoint by several officers. They were full battle rattle. I'm talking guns, obviously. I was detained in the back of two different squad cars. I was denied water. I was denied phone access. I was denied restroom privileges. All while being told that I wasn't in trouble and that the suspect they were looking for was a man. Like I know I look like my daddy, but damn, I didn't even have time to fully process the situation. And when she you know, referred to my life possibly ending as a learning curve. It was at that moment that like it just registered, it clicked that I'm nothing but an experiment to these people. 
and like that hurt like that cut me deep that was my mom that was telling me to calm down um trust me she was just as upset as i was but when i began voicing my frustrations there were like three other officers that came from behind the desk and they kind of posted up beside that officer as if they were getting ready to detain me as if i was being aggressive understand that you're witnessing probably a minute and 15 seconds of the last 20 minutes of a two and a half hour interrogation. So sad, Ms. Shanks did not deserve any of that. And then the level of insensitivity, the lack of humanity, the lack of common decency absent from their acknowledgement of the mistake, if it even was a mistake. This is why people question the police and typically do not like them. Mistakes happen on every job. You make a mistake, hey, sorry, made a mistake. When you make a mistake where you have traumatized a person, you telling them it's a learning curve is insanity. Uh, let's put up a picture of the chief of police. That's your chief. Meet chief of police for the Arlington, Texas Police Department, Mr. Al Jones. So far, the incident appears to have not been addressed by local news, nor by the department, nor by way of statement, social media, etc. So we are addressing it here on indisputable. We need answers. And that young lady needs an official apology. And I am hopeful that she files a lawsuit against the police. She was detained, due process violated. Attorney, what would you say? What, what do you see here legally that she can possibly claim against the police that detained her, uh, even though they admitted they were not actually looking for her at all? Well, I would definitely claim some kind of racial profiling going on if it was completely unreasonable, as in she didn't match any kind of um, any kind of suspect description in any way, or if they had no even rational grounds for possibly having probable cause or any kind of reasonable suspicion to stop her in any way. Because it is extremely terrifying, it's traumatizing for someone to draw their guns on you and then to be so disrespectful and almost minimizing and diminishing to simply say, oh, it's a learning curve. These things happen to us, unfortunately, as black and brown people every day. And what that does to us is just something that cannot necessarily be fixed by a lawsuit. But my God, it is a, it's a start. And these individuals need to be held accountable. So there are actual changes, hopefully at some point. Yeah, and here's the reality, Adrian. You know this, I know this, she could be dead right now. She could yep. be dead right now if she would have made a certain certain move, if she would have reacted quickly, um, if she would have been uh, more aggressive, something, right? She could be dead and she was not even a suspect to begin with. And then the lack of humanity shows you that they did not care about her humanity in the first place when they approached her and pulled out guns. A black man, New Jersey, shot and paralyzed after a traffic stop, let's put up this picture, okay? 29 years of age, he was shot by Trenton, New Jersey police officers in civilian clothing last month. After simply trying to get an iced tea from a car outside of his home, I kid you not, his name, is Jawan R. Henderson. He is now in the middle of a lawsuit against the officers for paralyzing him from the chest down. 
alleging excessive force, negligence, and racial profiling. This is such a sad story. Let me give you some background to what happened to Mr. Henderson. The encounter, which occurred soon after midnight on February 12th, was described as two individuals in masks and dark clothing approaching Henderson in an unmarked vehicle, boxing in the Saturn Ion that was double parked in front of his home as Henderson attempted to grab his drink. After stepping out of the car, the masked individuals began yelling, which prompted Mr. Henderson to call for help on his phone. From one moment to the next, one of the officers smashed the driver's side window. Remember, they are in mask and shot Henderson four times. The city of Trenton, the director of Trenton Police, Steve E. Wilson. Let's put up a picture of Steve. There he is. Steve E. Wilson and the four officers on the scene, only identified by their initials, they're hiding, were those named as the defendants. Those four officers were placed on administrative leave according to a county prosecutor statement from last month. Per the outlet, the prosecutor's office said on Friday that they are still seeking to arraign Henderson for what? Resisting arrest and obstruction, despite causing him to be paralyzed. That's just sick, isn't it? It is still unknown as to what the identities of the plain clothed officers are, as well as their objective of cruising around Trenton that night. Once again, put up a picture of Mr. Wilson. This is the picture that we do have, okay? We have his picture. We don't have the picture of the other officers. Now, Mr. Henderson has been paralyzed. There is no evidence, there is no evidence that he was the target of anything, that he committed some crime. He has not been charged with any other crime. They charge him with resisting, resisting arrest, he's paralyzed. This system is still planning to prosecute him. This is the insanity we're talking about, systemic, by design, cultural. Adversarial to common sense and progress. Not looking at the matter for what the matter is, but looking at it based on their own privilege, their power, authority, manipulation and corruption. That is what you're seeing being played out. This man is paralyzed from the chest down because he was grabbing a damn iced tea out of his vehicle. All of these people in charge from the district attorney, to the state AG, to the police director, the chief, and everyone in between. They're part of a system here. You mean to tell me not one of you is willing to step up and say, listen, all of y'all got it wrong. Can one of y'all have a press conference and say, listen, I disagree with the other agencies involved here. One of you, not one of you. Adrian, thoughts here. You know, again, this just seems to be something that we're seeing too often the case. It's this implicit notion that the black body, particularly the male black body is criminal. And thus the first response should be to kill it, to shoot it, to use lethal and deadly force as opposed to let me simply see what the situation is. And it's just, it really reinforces the notion that 
white people are afforded with the privilege, the thought that you are not inherently dangerous, the thought that you carry innocence, that you can't be that much of a harm. And we should be giving this to all people and not assume that all individuals, especially based on their melanin count, means that they are lethal just in breathing. This is just, it's more of the same. And it's going to continue to happen until we have a uniform policy in America as it relates to policing. Right now, we are depending on local jurisdictions. We're depending on counties and states to pass laws in order to hold individuals accountable. We're hoping that progressive run for office in particular fields of law enforcement, district attorney, AG, state's attorney, etc. So that they can apply the laws in equity and fairly. But the issue will remain if we do not have a massive uniform federal policy, for example, the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act. Well, at least that act would have created an opportunity for us to know who these officers are. We would also have access to their record, knowing what complaints have been filed against them and substantiated. They know your record, they know mine, they know records of those in the community around them, and community pays their salary. So they can see our record, but we cannot see theirs. Doesn't make much sense to me at all. So I have a proposal. And I submit this, I submit this in all authenticity. We keep talking about reform and it's great to get some new laws, but we have to include replacement. At this point, if we're not talking about a massive overhaul of what policing is in the United States and, and we're not talking about how to implement actual public safety strategies, we're missing the mark. Policing is not your public Safety agenda is one small part of the overall dynamic that leads you to public safety. Adrian, always a pleasure having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Head on over to Rebel HQ on Facebook and YouTube and check out my series Overruled. Also go to Twitter at Adrian Law and Instagram at Adrian Lawrence. Thanks so always much. A, always a pleasure, my friend, thank you. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.